Hey everyone, thanks for joining. Today I'm speaking with Gabriel Wrench. Gabriel is the host of the CrossPolitik.com podcast. And during COVID, he got into a little bit of trouble with the authorities. Um, so I figured I'd have Gabriel on, talk about that, and then talk about his podcast. And let's see where we agree and where we disagree. Hey, Gabriel, thank you very much for coming on. Hey, obeyed, obeyed. Thank you for having me on, man. I'm, I'm, I'm from, I'm an American. Uh, you know, uh, I don't, I don't speak. Uh, I have a hard time with language sometimes. <laughs> obeyed. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't worry about it, man. Like it's, it's not, it's not exactly a common name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, okay. I just want to start with this, um, with the COVID thing because I read about your uh, what had happened. That I listened to a couple of uh, podcasts you were on where you talked about this. Yeah. So you were with your church group during COVID, and yeah. you were out. Were you singing hymns or were you reciting psalms? Yeah, yeah. singing singing psalms and hymns. Okay. Um, and what had happened was, you know, March twenty twenty. Uh, I live in. Um, Moscow, Idaho. It's kind of northern Idaho, up in what we call the chimney of Idaho, and it's a, a, you know, it's a it's a red state. It's a conservative state, but I live in a in a blue dot, a university town, a liberal town, and uh, it was. I mean, they just they just freaked out during COVID, and uh, even before there's one case of COVID in our town, March 2020, the mayor shut down downtown. Uh, shut down our economy here in town and and then like just within a week or two he was out drinking beer and playing golf with his buddies you know five miles outside of his authoritative radius of the shutdown and and so we you know as christians we have a we have a framework for processing these situations or more for more uh, let's say framework for um you know first principles you might want to call it first principles or whatever mm-hmm. But as Christians were taught the, um, that that God gave us three governments, that God gave us the civil government, the church government, and the family government. Those are helpful categories, and that's what the Bible teaches. And so we know that, and, and then God defines what um, authority each government has. So, you know, God didn't give the government authority over my children. That's That's the family government, right? God mm-hmm. doesn't let the civil government tell you know tell my kids what to do. That's that's daddy's and mommy's job. Um, and and so God defines each government and gives them their authority. Um, uh, you know uh, Romans uh, thirteen is very clear about what authority the government has. Um, Ephesians five is very clear on what church government has. Ephesians five, First Timothy chapter three, Titus chapter one is very clear on how God defines the church government. You know the church the church's do- job is not to hire cops to go arrest people that that God gave that to the civil government. Right. And then, um, uh, uh, Ephesians six, um, uh, various other examples in scriptures where God gave the, um, family government to, and, and God defines the authority of the family government. So the family government's not my job to go arrest citizens in the street. That's a, that's the civil government. And so each government God gave us, he, he gave each government certain authority and, and, and structure to work in. And he didn't give each government unlimited authority. Right now, our, our civil government thinks it has a limit, unlim, unlimited authority. Our civil government thinks it can tell you to wear a mask on your face, or, you know, um, how far apart you need to stand. Our, our civil, civil government's just uh, um, gone off the rails and thinking it has unlimited authority. But God's the one that defines the each government authority. And so when COVID started, I principally knew that the government didn't have the authority to tell me to wear a mask. Like that God didn't give that authority to the government. Um, the, the job of the family government is, you know, health, 
making sure the kids are healthy, you know, health, education, and welfare, basically. That sounds like a government organization, doesn't it? Yep. But the God of the family, that, that's, that's the job of the family. My, my authority is to make sure my kids are healthy. My authority is to make sure my kids are fed. That's the authority God gave me over my kids. And it's not the government's authority to tell my kids what masks to wear, how far apart to stand and all that stuff. So I knew when the government shutdown started, the government just didn't have any authority. And so um, we started doing psalm sings and protests, I think as early as June. Um, I had led, I had led open up business protests back in April. Our church went back to, our, our church, not went back, our church had been worshiping um, in car lots. We'd go to car lot and worship because we, we deferred, we do believe in all this, and, and just stop me where you want to, obey. Yeah. but we believe on in all this, that government does have a level of emergency authority or some emergency yeah. authority. Like okay, if, I, I, I did want to ask Please. you about this, Cooper, uh, because this is one of the things I was calming down on during COVID and like the hypocrisy of the government and then what else, they, then what they let happen with the BLM. So were, were your, when you had the stuff in the parking lot of your churches or your church in the cars, were were your parishioners the one that were fine? Because I remember reading about some uh, parishioners, like some churches that had, um, you know, services in the parking lots. The the parishioners were in their cars, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and as they were leaving, they were all given citations. Yeah. Now, I'm sorry, but you're not, you know, that is social distancing. They were more than six feet apart. They were inside their cars. Yeah. Like, so I found that ridiculous. So I'm just curious, were your parishioners also, did that happen to them or were they able to do that? That was in Canada. And I think either Kentucky or Missouri, I can't remember, um, somewhere in the kind of, kind of Midwest South. Okay. Uh, it didn't happen to us. Um, no one in my town, even though they had citation authority before this emergency shutdown or emergency order, um, no one in my town um, I don't, even got cited for this. Um, I was the only one along with another couple with me that got arrested. They, a couple, Rachel and Sean got arrested with me. Um, that happened in September, 2020. Um, so that black lives matter came through town during the summer. And of course they weren't social distancing and some of them weren't wearing masks and stuff like that. Um, but it was our church that, um, when you, when our church teaches that the government doesn't have unlimited authority. Our church teaches, the Bible teaches, not even just our church, the Bible teaches what role the government plays. And when we challenge that, when you challenge the liberals' authority, and you're seeing this with the Biden administration, when you challenge their authority, they will send the FBI after you. They will send the Department of Justice after you. It's it's the authority that's what what got them all hot and bothered. And that's why we we kept singing psalms every every month. We'd go to downtown and sing psalms for like 20 minutes, and it'd be just like, you know, men, women, and children singing for 20 minutes. And and then in September we did it again, and so apparently we'd done it enough times where it pushed their buttons to where they came and had eight cops out there basically arrest us, and and so um, we started singing psalms that night. September this is September twenty third Wednesday night, and we just we we this time we we were in downtown for most of our psalm sings. This time we went to city hall and in the parking lot, and when we got to the parking lot that evening on that Wednesday, they had spray painted circles every six feet apart you go back and watch the video it's in it looks like a polka dot game in the parking lot and they sprayed spray painted circles six feet apart so that they could objectively see we weren't standing six feet apart or wearing a mask and and so we started singing psalms 
and the, immediately the cop came up to me, came up to my mom first because he was a coward. I was standing right next to my mom, but he had, he, he couldn't, he had talked, he talked to a woman first. Um, and, and my mom said, well, I'm with my son. And so we were legal for whatever COVID reasons, family was legal to stand six closer than six feet. And I just put my arm around my buddy next to me. And, and I said, this is my buddy, Tyler. And then the officer proceeded to ask for my driver's license. Now keep in mind, you know, I'm exercising my first amendment rights, the right to worship, the right to petition, the right to assemble, the right to gather. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm exercising like all the, all the first amendment, not just one of them, you know, not just free speech, all of it. And this cop comes up and asks my driver's license. And I said, I'm not giving it to you. I'm, I'm the one honoring the constitution. I'm the one in the, I'm, I'm the one legal here. You're illegally asking me for my driver's license. So we went back and forth with this, my arresting officer. And, and he just went answering my questions. I said, you swore an oath to, you know, defend my constitutional rights against this mayor. Like your oath was for me, not for the mayor. And we went back and forth. He went answering my questions. So he proceeded to arrest me, um, handcuffed me, had to take, yeah, it's so eerie, like retelling the story, but he had to take the hymn book out of my hands to handcuff me. I didn't have a Molotov cocktail. I didn't have guns. I didn't have any of that. He had to take my hymn book to handcuff me. And, uh, and, and then walked me to the cop car and he couldn't find the keys to the cop car. It was a hilarious moment. Um, and so, uh, I mean, you go back and watch the video and all these people around filming and, and, um, the cop is, I mean, they just aren't answering anything, you know, kind of thing. Uh, and so I go to jail that night and, um, my sheriff worked uh, to get me out of jail. So my sheriff actually stood up for me, not my police chief and not my, uh, arresting officer. And so my sheriff worked to get me out of those. So I got out of jail that night and we, um, I went right immediately into the studio and we did a live show, which just went viral all over, all over the place. President Trump retweeted my arrest. I mean, it just, it just went crazy. Um, and so that was, that was kind of the COVID moment. I mean, you had all these cops, uh, all drawn into in small town, liberal America here in Moscow, Idaho, all drawn into the belief that they thought our mayor could do what he did. And and for our America, our small town America, our small town mayor to think that he could sign an emergency order that obliterated our constitutional rights was just so asinine and incredible. Um, and anyways, long story short, yeah. three three years later, I sued him and won. Okay, I, I was going to ask you about that. So, like, when you say you sued them and won, I, I mean I don't want to get into it was monetary or whatever, but I was going to wonder if you maybe took this to like a first amendment thing, because it yep. is like, I, okay. I live up in Canada. I wish we had the first amendment Our yeah. like, we don't have free speech rights up here uh, as much as people say, Oh, we have free speech. I'm like, no, you don't just look at our rights. We, we have absolutely none. Um, yeah. And you know, so like for me, that would be a thing like that. So I'm just going to go on a little bit of a side here. So I believe, you know, like I'm an atheist, I don't, you know, I, I'm, not, I'm not a believer. I agree with you about the first principles and everything. Now, I might, like, I think I, you and I agree on goals, mm-hmm. but we might disagree on the route or the tools to use to get those goals. Like yeah, the presuppositions is what yeah, I would call it. Yeah, yeah, fine. So, I mean, if we have time and you want to get into a theological debate, we can, but I, you know, yeah. it's, <laughs> because the way I'm seeing all of this and, you know, my eyes, I was away, and a lot of people who listen to this will know, it's like I was away from 2002 um, to 2014. I, I, I did a lot of contract work with the military. Okay. And I came back to Canada and I was like, 
what the hell happened? Wow. I, I was like the frog that was thrown into a pot of boiling water and just started freaking out. Right. I'm like, you know, I left and people would at least respect your right to just, dis, you know, disagree with them and say something that you didn't like. But now it was, and I, I found it especially around Islam that, you know, you couldn't talk about it. Yeah. So when it got time to COVID and all these things were happening, like I was talking about it in my country, it was just nuts. And then I was seeing all these double standards going on. I would, I think, I don't know if they have in the States or not, but I would love to have seen something like this go to the Supreme Court and yeah. like, you know, no, you are not allowed to do this. Like something was going to our courts here about yeah. the vaccine mandates, but now they're like, oh, well, they're lifted now. So the po whole point is moot. It's like, well, it's not really moot. You let the government get away with something and it should go forward. Yeah. Yeah. You, uh, Jacob Rayom, his mm -hmm. church, um, Trinity Bible Chapel. Mm -hmm. Uh, they're in Ontario. Um, they're outside. Of, they're in Waterloo, uh, and their lawsuit um, to defend the charter rights, I think, was basically thrown out of the courts by the Supreme Court, or or the court, the Supreme Court decided not to hear it, which is just amazing. Yeah. Um, no, Canada um, has less legal protections than we do here in, here in our country, and that's why you guys had pastors arrested for thirty five days and and multiple wow. times. So we yeah, we had all but, kinds of things. All kinds of things. Yeah. We had, you know, my case and probably John MacArthur's case were probably the most notable here in, our, mm -hmm. in the U.S. I also serve as a deacon at my church, and um, I was, um, uh, I'm just a kind of a known figure because of my podcast. Um, and John MacArthur, you know, he 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 won $800,000. I won $300,000 in my lawsuit. Mm -hmm. But I sued for my First Amendment rights and my Fourth Amendment rights, wrongfully arrested, wrongfully detained. Yeah. And everything. So I was, I was grateful that I had those protections. But it, you know, here's the, here's the thing though: um, laws are meaningless unless you have people with good hearts. Yeah, and it's yeah. it's 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 only people with good hearts. It's people who are willing to stand up and and fight for them and and you know like defend them. Yeah, like th that's yeah. what you need. Yeah. Uh, well, and what I'm getting at is probably the more philosophical. You're 100. Um, the 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 second amendment is there when the first amendment fails here in America. Huh. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I, I absolutely think you need courage and all that stuff, but you don't get, that's why, um, uh, oh my goodness. Um, uh, was it John Adams said, you know, our constitution was made for moral people. Hmm. Uh, you, you can't have a good society without good hearts and without a moral, um, a moral backbone, a moral um, outworking of the people, uh, a, a consistent moral uh, standard. Uh, and, and so the, all those laws are going to be meaningless. You know, you can tell people who have murder in their hearts are going to murder out in the streets. You can tell murders all day, thou shalt not murder. And well, they're going to murder. It, it, you got to change people's hearts. And that's what you're seeing in our country. And you're seeing in Canada, you know, you got blackface Trudeau, you got, you got morality all over the place you know it's it's 32 flavors in canada just like it here's in here in the u.s you got um the trans culture you got the lgbt culture you got the feminist culture you got moralities all over the place and if you don't have one um you know set standard um your constitution's meaningless i don't know what it's like where you are um i mean i've been following the education system a lot uh like i got into this because of all this whatever lack of a better term woke stuff yeah. Um, and I, I started because of the race things. I got called a white supremacist cause I criticized Islam and you know, like I'm a Brown guy 
you know, right. like, I, I'm sorry, I, like, where did that come from? And so I just started, and then I saw what was going on in the education system. You can take Aristotle, you can, uh, and if you want, I'll quote Stalin and Hitler as well. But I mean, Aristotle, you won't give me the boy until he's seven and I'll show you the man. Like, I think the Jesuits even took that up. If you change that education system, like you take civics out of, out of classrooms, we can have the argument about pl- public education. It can be a good thing, especially in places where you need it, but it has to be very, very con- well controlled. So if you're not teaching a proper civics, if you're not teaching kids, not only your rights, but your responsibilities, because I think that's part of the problem, like in like social studies, whatever they call it now. Oh, these yeah. are your rights. You have to stand up for your rights, but they don't talk about the responsibility of the citizen which I think is key. Like you need that sense of civic responsibility. You know, you're walking down the street and you see a a tree branch, pick it up, Mm -hmm. you know, help your neighbors out or whatever. And so like, I'm just wondering what the education system's like in your areas. Yeah. So um, they're all woke. um, And and some of them don't even know how woke they are. Uh, But this goes back to like first principles. I don't believe there should be a government public education because I don't believe the government has the authority. God didn't give the government authority to oversee education. And so once you start, um, God created the world in a certain way. And once you start rebelling against that way, things start going cattywampus. So you can look at times in in history where the church was basically the civil civil government. Mm -hmm. Think of the Catholic church. Think of that. You're like Mm -hmm. that. They were disobeying God and, and it messed up. It caused all sorts of problems. You can think of times in history where feudal societies, family societies were running the government and it was wrong and it was bad. And now you can look at our society right now in our society in Canada and the U S where the government wants to run everything and they're, and they're wrong. And so once you start disobeying God's creational order of how things were meant to be, um, you're going to get cattywampus. That's why the public school system is um, so off basis. And that's why the public school system has porn in their library, you know, and that's why the public school system is telling, helping kids transition without their parents' knowledge. It's just, yeah. it's all this authority, it's all has to do with authority and what God has called us to do according to our different various governmental structures that he created. Okay, just so, just so clarify, because I think we're pretty much on the same page. When I say a public school system, I mean, that okay a the federal government should have nothing to do with it like d- get yeah. rid of the you know department of education i just yeah. you know and same thing here in canada i think it should come down to community levels yeah. okay you can say all right you know what we need to know that people are going to do math at a certain level like you have to have those certain standards and i think it's okay for you can you're gonna have to have somebody to say okay kids when they get at a you know uh primary school they should be able to do this kind of reading and this kind of math when they get out of high school, they need to be able to, you know, and actually make sure they do it because oh, all the kids that are graduating, they can't read or write, you know, mm-hmm. and can't do math. Um, yeah. so, but so that's, I would want to say, well, that's the family's job. Yep. It's the family's it's, job to teach the math. It's the family's job to teach the writing. Uh, and so you, you have a breakdown at the family. And so another authority, another authority comes in and says, well, we'll fix that. And then they make it worse is what is actually happening. Yeah. Okay fine i mean i i i could see where you're coming from uh i'm just trying to like especially the last few years i've been you know just homeschool homeschool your kids there's no way you can trust these teachers um and you know i don't want to paint them all with a bad brush because i do believe there are some decent teachers who are actually trying but 
I mean, I've spoken to enough teachers and of you know parents and administrators. It's a combination of factors. It's the way the universities went, and so how the teachers were being taught. They were taught to see the world through this one lens, and so. I mean, it is a cult as far as I'm concerned is this wokeness is a cult and they were taught to see the world only through that way. And that's how they're going to teach. Like I always use the example of Huck Finn, right? You can have a woke teacher teaching Huck Finn. Now, let's say you're opposed to public schools or whatever, but you find out your eighth graders reading Huck Finn in school. You're going to think, okay, Huck Finn, it's a decent book. You know, there's nothing really wrong with it. Okay. I mean, I don't know where you stand on Huck Finn. So I'm sorry if I put words in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> but you can take Huck Finn and you can turn that into a woke story. Yeah. Okay. You can say, okay, Huck, because he was white and he used Jim's emotional labor to find out about how bad Jim had it. So he didn't understand the problems of the slaves. Yep. And then at the end of the book, even though he lets Jim go, he goes back to his life of privilege and he's going, he's just making himself out to be a white savior. So you can like totally corrupt the meaning of that book. Yeah. Yeah. Depending on how the teacher's teaching it. But you know, for the last few years, like I said, I've been saying just homeschool. I, I, I also want to take into account that, okay, I agree with what you're saying, that that should come from the family. The family should, you know, my parents read to me. My parents taught me how to read. My parents made sure I did my homework, you know, and I was lucky for that. Mm -hmm. You know, I was a lousy student. I got good grades, but whatever. That's a different story. Different, but, you know, story. different problem. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but at least they did that. Like, you know, and for the kids who don't have that, that's the problem with these things. As soon as they start, they start getting bigger and bigger and bigger. But if you could actually keep it very, very local and very community based, even if it's like a bunch of parents getting together and making a pod school, yeah, you know, it's so, it's just go ahead. Sorry, yeah, a couple couple thoughts there. Um, mm -hmm. One is this goes again. Like you have to cut with the grain. In other words, you have to cut with how God made the world. If you don't cut with how God made the world, you're going to come up with a band aid solution that eventually is going to turn into cancer. So you might, you might band-aid the situation, um, but it's eventually going to turn on it and eat itself. Um, so for example, if, um, uh, well, uh, my kids go to Christian school in town and this Christian school's mission is even if you can't afford it, um, they'll take you as okay. long as, as long as you're interested and supportive and excited about the education that they're going to receive from the school, we'll take you no, even if you don't got money. So there's community schools. What, what what that means is is the community should figure that out, not the government. So go back to you know um, you, you mentioned um, uh, you know there's some good people in the education system trying to do good things. I I know those people too. I got friends teaching in public school. Uh, in the same way though that uh, um, the Titanic when it was going down had all sorts of good people trying to help and rescue people. That was mm -hmm. a good thing. The fun, the problem is a first principle problem, uh, and and that's why you get you gave me the 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 example of Huck Finn, and well, you can do the same thing with the Bible. You can say, well, Moses freed the slaves, and Moses was a liberator, and you know, yeah. and you know, right? You can do the same thing, but what the the fundamental issue that we should be seeking, and incidentally, what our university system was set up to defend and protect, is what is truth. We, if we can't define as a society what is truth, we're going to rinse and repeat societal destruction again and again. Um, and, and that that's, but you have to define what is true, and and nail that access point down there, and then whatever happens from that. So 
you can't reinterpret. If you know what is true, all of a sudden you can't reinterpret Huck Finn. If you know what is true, all of a sudden you can't reinterpret the Bible. If you know what's true, and and so I want to start, and this is where our athe- your atheism and my Christianity will come into conflict here, which I don't, I don't, I think we're both pretty um, understanding here. We aren't, we aren't covering our eyes on on on, on some of our fundamental differences, but um, I want to start with, well, in the beginning, Genesis one, it says, in the beginning, God. Okay, that's a that's a truth claim. Is it true yep. or false? Okay. okay. And if it's if it's false, then I'm wrong. If it's true, then you're wrong. And and so uh, there's there's there another way of putting this is is there such thing as absolute truth in this world? In other words, what is true for me has to be true for Vladimir Putin in Russia. Has to be true for the Hamas in in Gaza. No. True. Is there an absolute truth in this world that governs all of us? Yeah, no, okay, look, I, if you want to talk about absolute truth, yes, I agree with you. And I, yes, I will disagree with you about, you know, in the beginning, God created the universe. Like, I, I you you and I will, you know, we can argue about it. I'm mean, sure we can have a good conversation about it. And I, I don't think we're going to change each other's minds, but at least, and, you know, I'm, I'm sure we can be civil as well. But, 100%. Yeah. But yeah, okay, I do believe we need that absolute truth. And it's, it's the things like, you know, all the stuff that's going on in universities, you're talking about, oh, well, they got they'd left that logos behind them. Right. And, mm-hmm. and because when you have university professors, they saying like, okay, this is from Foucault, which guy's nuts, but you know, Oh, if you run across a, a tribe somewhere in the middle of a jungle, that's never seen anyone else. And they believe the earth is flat for you to teach them. Anything else is oppression. And it's like, no, but you know, yes, they might be happy in their little village and you know, they're, 50 square miles of jungle if they go hunting or whatever and they're living you know a content life like i'm not saying anything about that but they are not living the truth and so when you when these institutions that were meant to you know protect the truth mm-hmm. stray that far that yeah society is going to go like, like it's just going to go off kilter it, it's not you know we need to have that one guiding principle yeah and, and see, so i okay, think what you're what you're seeing right now is you're seeing two worldviews are colliding right now. A worldview that wants to discover absolute truth mm-hmm. and what that is, and a worldview that only cares about power. And that's why you go out to, you know, you got to the, you know, to, you know, meet with this tribe or whatever, and you tell them that the world is round and, and, and then, you know, white liberals come in and say, you're, you're a racist and you're oppressive. It's because what they're doing is actually ultimately they're, they're, they're creating the room for them to grab power. It's not about truth. And so that's why Biden is all about power. And I'd say a lot of conservative Republicans are, are falling into this trap too, where they think the battle's over power when, when it should be over truth. So the people, the people like you, you, you care about trying to discover truth. Um, you aren't you aren't trying to run a power play, but Trudeau is. Trudeau is wearing a power play, right? He's he can wear blackface and not be a racist. Mm-hmm. Um, Tr- Trudeau can can cozy up to China and and somehow be the conservative, you know, the the capitalist in in you know Canada, whatever the representative mm-hmm. of capitalism in Canada, whatever's going on is because it's all power plays, and that's why they'll lie and twist narratives to get to keep their power, and so that's why I want. I want us to hey let's let's talk about truth because that's ultimately where you win. Yeah, I mean, okay, and 
again on just kind of sticking with this uh, like i was i'm not a joiner okay like i normally don't join groups and i left before social media was a thing so i never really spoke out i was just you know your regular average joe right like where am i going to speak out um yeah. it was only after i got back that i started doing some of this stuff and you know so i got involved in like some atheist groups and this and that and after a while i'm like yeah it's not for me it just but a lot of them i'm still friends with some people in there and you know they're like they have similar mindsets they'll ask me like well how can you be siding with you know some christian groups here about uh like the trans stuff in schools and i'm like okay i might disagree on the version of reality that they have or the path they're taking to that reality but we both agree that there is an ultimate truth and that there is a common reality that we all share. Yeah. You know, whereas the other side says reality is whatever you want it to be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, it's not even that we have nothing in common. We don't even have a base. Like our foundations are completely different. Yeah. Right. And so that's, you know, like, like I said, like, you know, you and I might get the loggerheads about, you know, specific claims of, okay, God did this or no, he didn't. Certainly. That's fine, yeah. but we at least agree that there is a common, you know, reality weaving this all together. Yeah, yeah. And the other side doesn't. The other side, you know, a man can give birth. I'm like, no, no, <laughs> they, they can't. can't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, well, I think uh, I think that's why obeying this is uh, you're you're a reasonable guy because I think you're so close. Um, you know, in other words, um, you see a consistent nature. Like you see a man who's born a man, you know, you see X and Y and XX chromosomes <laughs> and you see the nature there and you're like, well, that, that person was obviously built to have babies. You know, <laughs> that person was obviously built to protect his family. Like mm -hmm. he's strong, you know, whatever. And so you can see kind of a consistent nature there. And, and, the, but the only way you get that consistent nature, the only way you can account for it is there has to be a consistent creator behind it, an art, an artist, a consistent creator behind it you can't get consistent nature out of evolution right yeah i mean my my response to that is we're still evolving like if you know if you came back a million years from now i don't think you would recognize what would then be considered human that's so, yeah and i i understand the the argument there but how does chaos produce consistent nature that's what the evolutionary argument is is chaos produce uniformity it okay i'm not a bio, uh, biologist but i'm going to do my best to try to you know you don't need to this. be a biologist you just need to be a logician okay but what i'm saying is if you look at okay if you look at the evolutionary thing so in mammals for the most part it's xx uh xy if you look at certain birds it's zz uh uh, what is it? Okay, so it's ZZ something. You're, w. you're already far above me. <laughs> okay, you win. You win already. <laughs> um, so no, but okay, like, and again, I'm going to get this wrong. So, so men are XY, women are XX, right? Um, I, I, I actually can't remember which okay. one. Um, I'll Google it while you're talking. Yeah, in in birds, the males are ZZ, and the women are like VW or WY or something like that. The, it, but it's still all the female birds are the ones that lay the egg. So they still have the different type of, they, they still have that um, uh, genotype or was it, was it, um, so the hell is yeah, it? Yeah, we're XY, men are XY, women yeah. are XY. 
Yeah. Yep. But like in birds, it's reverse. And then there's some, so when you say it's all consistent, it's consistent within species. It's not consistent all the way throughout nature. And the, you'll have, you can have certain variations, even with the X, XX and XY, there's six different chromosome pairings that you can have. But even if you have something that's not XX or XY, which is, I mean, it's a very, very small yeah. percentage, they still show traits of, okay, do you have male gametes or female gametes? Mm -hmm. And they, and then, okay. And so they go by the gametes. Are you going to produce sperm? Or are you going to produce ovum? And mm -hmm. it's, it's the same. So it's the same thing with the, with the bird. So like it's, you know, and that's like, I'd have to get into a lot of detail and I'd, I'd have to read a lot because, you know, I, I've read some of this stuff before, but I'd have to go back and read a lot more to come back and say, okay, this is what it needs. But it is not like when you say it's consistent. Yes, it is, but it's consistent within species, not, or within, I don't know where mammals fall under like phylum class, blah, 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 all that other stuff. Um, my kids would know that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That right now. Yeah. I, I should, I should call it my nephew in the fifth grade. Yeah, He'd probably exactly. be able to tell me. <laughs> but yeah. So it's, it, for me, it's like that. But okay. You know, oh, what can, you described there is you described an intelligent creator. Like you can't, you can't get that kind of intelligence and nuance from chaos which is what evolution you can't get that kind of nuance and intelligence from stardust we came from the evolutionary framework says well you know big bang happened whatever the beginning happened so somehow out of nothing evolution created something but that's it, that's not quite right see like you're conflating two things the big bang is about the creation of the universe how stars and the stars formed after the big bang, how the planets and everything star formed. That's about the planets forming. Evolution is about, it doesn't even talk about how life started on the planet. Like, cause they, you know, there's a couple of different theories about that. Evolution is about how that life then went from single cell to, to complex to, to, to everything else. So, um, take, okay. The giraffe. But what I'm getting at is the phil philosophical ramifications yeah. of what's going on. So hmm. if out of nothing, the big bang happened and mm -hmm. the planet started out and, and basically, so you have chaos that starts to create uniformity in the mountains, the, 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 the you know, the single cell into the multi-cell, you know, to the complex cell. Um, but philosophically, none of that makes sense. That's what I'm getting at. I'm happy to argue some of the, so uh, I mean, we can get in some of the biological arguments. Like for example, the grand Canyon has single cell and complex cells. Um, uh, in the fossils at the bottom of the Grand Canyon altogether. Like evolution can't explain that. It's all, oh. it was all locked into um, the layers at the very bottom of the Grand Canyon, um, uh, single and complex cells. So you have the, how do you, you can't explain the mutations over millions of years with that fossil record. But what I'm, uh, so we can get in a biology, yeah. but what, I, what I'm trying to get at is the phil, 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 philosophy of, the ramifications of the evolutionary framework. If chaos created order um, and then eventually millions of years down the road created me and you through evolution, um, that just logically doesn't make sense. Is that, is that, you understand what I'm saying? Okay. Um, but I mean, like if you want to, like I don't know how I could, talk about this without getting like kind of technical but okay so the giraffe the way 
like, here's where evolution is stupid. <laughs> okay. You know, because it's, it's adaptation and, but it's like, okay, I'm, I'm trying to remember how this goes now. The, the trachea is so long. It's been so long since I've, 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 I've right. done this. I'm not going to do this justice. Um, the trachea is so long that the, the way it evolved was, Oh, yeah, I, I can't even remember. So I'm, I'm just even, I don't, don't even bother to try. But oh, like, maybe, I, I maybe let me help. Let, let me. I think, I think I know where you're going. I'm um, mm -hmm. here, but um, and, and actually, let me just say, I, let me just say, I don't know, quite know where you're going. So uh, respond to this. Let me put it this way: I have no problem with micro, you know, mutation or micro, what we'd call microevolution. Um, although I don't like that word, even evolution, because of the connotations. But um, I have no problem. You know, if I move to a cold climate, I'm going to get used to it over time. If I move to a sunny climate, I'm going to get used to it over time. If a bird moves to, you know, this climate. So God designed the world in such a way where it's intelligent and, and our bodies and our families and our dynasties will adjust micro, microly over time. What I, what does not work is macro evolution, the big picture from the big bang to the single cell, to the complex cell over hundreds of millions of years. I mean, they found, you know, if you want to get back into the scientific arguments, I mean, they found dinosaur tissue, you know, in dinosaurs. You can't, you can't get that over, uh, that tissue doesn't last, I think, more than like 40,000 years. Um, uh, so you can look at, you can look at the Grand Canyon, back to the Grand Canyon, you can look at single cell and complex cell fossils on, on the same strata in, in, in the layers of the Grand Canyon. Um, and so, but that's why, I mean, so you can look at the science and see that evolution doesn't work, even the time frame that they've given with like looking at, you know, things like dinosaur tissue, but the philosophical ramifications are, I think the more dangerous um, problem with evolution. So how do you get truth out of a world that just is constantly evolving? You're evolving from what to where, where, where's the world evolving to? Where's Where's, where does truth come from in this world that's just constantly evolving? If, if slavery was okay back in societies, um, and then homosexuality is okay now, what's wrong with us evolving back to a state where slavery is okay and homosexuality is wrong? You know, we're evolving. Okay, but see, like, I think you're like the evolution of life versus evolution of philosophy or evo like how the world is changing i think there's different things so like okay slavery was good or bad we can get into that argument i think i personally would stand on the side of it was bad um shouldn't own people uh now if a society goes back and you don't have to look too far because isis took slaves you know there are slave markets still going on in north africa as we speak right, right. so um well in america had slaves 100 uh, yeah okay but what I, you know but at one point they said you know what we as a society think this is wrong yeah and so we thought we think it's wrong and we stop it and we don't do it there are other societies who still think it's it's valid in my okay i mean this is i think where we agree where you're talking about the first amendment the only way you're going to get to the truth of that is if you compare the values of the society see which okay You've got one society that's got slavery, one that doesn't. Which one's doing better? Which one's flourishing better? Which one's, Joe? You know... America did great. 
because I used to say like, okay, it was somewhere around the mid to late nineties that things took a really bad turn. Like I can go back to the sixties and all that, but like a really, like this really sharp turn was around that time. John McWhorter saying like 1997 up until about that point, everyone said, okay, yes, we do have a reality. We might disagree on what we think that reality is. We might disagree on how we think we got there, but we have a shared framework. And it was after that point that we lost that shared framework. And I think this is where one of the things where, you know, a lot of people who are like, like, you know, the atheist or whatever, where I think that religion or at least tradition has a, play, a role to play in this. So I'm going to, I'll get back to the religion in a second. So before the late nineties, before like cable television and all that, like, like it really blew up, you know, when now you got like 5 million channels or whatever. Um, yeah. And you could talk about the Seinfeld episode the night before and like pretty much everyone at work watched it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, you got together for the Super Bowl. you got together for these big events and you had these shared stories and yeah. okay. These aren't religious or anything like that, but I mean, these could be stories you tell around a campfire. This could be, you know, okay they're not epic myths or anything like that but you know if it's that kind of stuff right we lost that whereas tradition and religion gave society that in some sense now if you could have that sense of community if you could have like those shared stories where you know if you want to talk about okay just have aesop's fables instead of like i, I know you disagree with that but like if you have those shared stories and you use oh, these stories Aesop's fables yeah no but what i'm saying is like it's that's where I, I think religion got some things right. It's, it's it, you know, I have no problem with the community. I have no problem with, you know, okay, give charity. I have no problem with look after. It's, I have the problem with, with ISIS, right? With ISIS coming in and saying, okay, right. I mean, they were almost as harsh on Shia Muslims as they were on non-believers, right? right? Because they're not the right kind of Muslim. Yes, sir. Or, you know, go back to the, the wars in Europe, Protestant mm -hmm. and Catholic, right it's oh you're not the right kind of christian right. you know it's and i mean that's why you know because of things like that and other stuff and you know like i, I will not discount some of the christian influence on that but that's why you started getting secularism in europe where people were like okay you have your faith i have mine and you know we won't kill each other over who's protestant and who's catholic, who's catholic. Right. and so i think we need that kind of community and i think that's where a lot of where when all these the new atheists and whatever came out, I think that's where a lot of them went wrong. They, they discounted that need for the community. Um, I, I would say except for Christopher Hitchens. Yeah. Hitchens uh, was really, yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. uh, Hitchens was, yeah. yeah. But there's also, uh, I don't know if there, there's a, there's a really good speech that uh, Douglas Murray did. And I don't know if you've seen or read anything by Douglas. Murray. So, okay. He was an Anglican and he, then he became an atheist, but he's still, you know, is kind of on the same wavelength as me, but he did this really good speech in a debate at Oxford where initially he was supposed to be debating on the side with Dawkins, but then he ended up debating with two people he despises because the, the proposition was that religion has absolutely no place in the 21st century. And he said, okay, no, I, I don't have, I can't agree with that. So he debated with two believers that he actually, you know, he called them like, his best frenemies. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, but I, I can agree with, I, I can, I can agree with, I can agree with that, all that community stuff. And I think, yeah. I think that's where you and I would have, you know, common yeah. bond where yeah. you need that. Me, go ahead. Yeah, sorry. I got, I got about 10 minutes left. Yeah, no worries. Let me, let me ask you this question. Um, Cause um, I agree with you 
Um, religion does help with that, but that still doesn't answer the question what is true. Mm-hmm. Um, because I believe there's false religions out there, and I believe you know there's there's the true religion of of Christianity. Um, I believe the Catholics are wrong, and I believe you know I got reasons for all this. Hopefully, objective reasons for all this. But the brass tacks kind of comes here, back to the like the discussion of absolute truth. Like, why is murder wrong? What standard are you pulling from that is absolutely true for everybody that murder is wrong? Okay, so we're generalizing here because you even said you know like there's people with murder in their hearts and they're going to kill. So let let let's leave them out of the the equation for a moment. Certainly. Okay. Uh, and you might not, you know, you might've heard this before and you might think I'm just being glib, but I'm not. I think it came, it goes back to, okay, we came out of the trees, we got into small groups, groups needed to be strong so they could protect each other. If you kill a member of your group, you're weakening your group. So it's wrong. It still didn't have language then. And I think as we got into communities and stuff, and as we started speaking and as we got more advanced, norms and those common values okay don't hurt your tribe because if you hurt your tribe you'll eventually hurt yourself because the tribe next door will kill you or enslave you or whatever and i think that's where the things of murder is wrong came in now we can argue about the christian ethic or we can argue like even in islam it says you know i I know it says it it, it, they don't have a ten commandments but it does say don't kill the innocent but then it goes on to describe what an innocent it is and it's basically just a muslim who believes one way so right. <laughs> you know, <Yep>. you know, <laughs> but you know yep. but they have that um so that i mean like i said i i think these came from things like that so same thing with stealing yeah. if you steal from a member of your tribe you weaken your tribe again you, you create distrust don't steal from your tribe and then again that slowly became a norm that um Actually, Dawkins, when he talks about meme theory, these okay. are the kinds of things he's talking about. These are evolutions on a societal level. Mm-hmm. That's not really anything to do with Darwinian evolution, you know, like where you're going from a single cell all the way up to us type of right. thing. Right. So, but what you're doing is you're only describing. You aren't defining. You aren't. You aren't pointing to a standard. You're just describing. Hey, this happened. This happened. This happened. And so we took kind of the the best things that seem to work and then we kind of decided to live by those things that we think work best um so it's not pointing to a, a standard it's it's pointing to a description um and secondly if um all you're doing is drawing conclusions from one tribe but then the question comes well what if the tribe of Idaho doesn't like the tribe of Washington and 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 but the tribe of Idaho can grow and and thrive um if they're gang raping the girls in washington yeah i mean okay look that's happened throughout history right we've i mean i thought we'd come to a point at least but the last 20 some odd years has shown otherwise where where we said okay you know what we're not going to do that to each other because of these differences now i mean again i could point to things religiously where they believe different thing we're going to attack them mm-hmm. and they're they're thinking they're doing it from the word of god right whether it's catholics killing protestants whether it's shia killing sunni whether it's muslims killing christians or christians killing muslims they all thought they were doing it to honor god right right so um you know you have that in all societies and i'm you know i'm not going to discount things like 
you know, whatever, a hundred million dead under communism or anything like that. Right. <laughs> you're you're fair. You're fair. Yeah. I think, I think you're fair. You're, you're hitting atheism, all this, but it, for me, it would, it would come down to, um, well, well, first of all, you know, are, is obeying or Gabe, you know, is, is obeying the, the, the definer of what is true or is God the definer of what is true? Is obeying the standard, or is God the standard? You know, it, it's it's man. Do you believe man's word over God's word? And ultimately, like the, the one thing that we all have, we have two things that we all have in common: me, you, Russia, you know, the, the Israel, whatever. We all make mistakes in in the Christian language. Is we all sin. We all make mistakes. No. We all sin, and we all die. And how you answer those questions have everything to do with, um. Uh, the the meaning and reality of this world. So if we all sin, that means there is an absolute standard that judges us all. You know, murder is wrong in Russia, just like it's wrong in the U.S. Um, yeah. There's an absolute, there's an umbrella standard that's saying that we all sin. And it, and then if we all sin, we all die. Then, well, is our life just meaningless? Or does our life have meaning because we were created by God? Or does our life have no meaning because we were created by stardust and evolutionary processes over millions of years? Um, how we answer those questions, we all sin and we all die, has everything to do with, I think, the meaning of of our lives. Okay. Look, I, I know you got to go, so I'll cut it here because I think it's a good place to stop. I mean, I'd love to have this conversation for hours because we can go back and forth. Um, and I'd actually then start Googling because I, d- I don't want to sound like an idiot. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, look, I already real- Googled for us. I already yeah. Googled for us. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it was very good speaking to you. And I mean, what happened to you is absolutely horrible. And it's it's like, for me, it's the double standard. Like, yeah. I, okay, I'll, I'll take today as an example. So... I'm not going to get into argument whether January 6th was an insurrection, whatever this and that, like I go, I, I think at this point it's pointless, but you yeah. saw what happened to those people. Then did you see what happened on the Capitol today? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. You know, yeah. if these people, like I think it was wrong to have arrested the, you know, maybe some of them who were actually getting physically violent and hitting the police, whatever, fine, arrest them for assault yeah. and stuff like sure. that. Sure. But you know, there's already a law there in place for that. Yeah. You know, but like a reporter's getting arrested and stuff like that. That was ridiculous. Yeah. But is anything like that going to happen to the people today? Because yeah. some of them were fighting with the police. Some of them were hitting the police. Some of them yeah. were pushing their way in. What's going to happen to them? Because the Biden administration thrives off chaos because it gets them more power. Yeah. It's, it's the, it's the hypocrisy. Look, like I said, I want to let you go, but if you want to let people know where they can get a hold of you, um, yeah. If you send me any links, I'll put it in the description. Yeah, yeah. You can go to crosspolitic.com. That's my website. That should get you to pretty much everything. My Twitter handle is G M Wrench R E N C H at the R E N C H. No no W in that wrench. So G as in Gabriel M as in Michael Wrench R E N C H G M Wrench on Twitter. And uh, that's probably the best way to to follow me is on Twitter. I, I don't really do much on Facebook anymore because they canceled us. YouTube tries to cancel us, and it's you know uh, all that uh, uh, stupid. Yeah, I had I had my old Twitter account canceled. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much for talk uh, for coming on talking. It was good speaking with you. Oh, Bane. Thanks. Thanks for having me on, man. Look forward to uh, sharing the show. All right. Thanks everyone for listening.